hello, and we are back. Episode 26. Woohoo! Yeah. Ooh. And this is our last episode of the year. Um, it is almost New Year's. 2020 is almost, almost over. Very exciting to be out of this, you know, godforsaken year. Um, yeah. So we're going to do something a little bit special today. We're going to do a best of 2020 because, um, you know, we're just going to look back on the year and, you know, 2020 was garbage, but there's still some good things that came out of it. So we're going to pull the best out of it. Um, try to make the most of things. <laughs> hey, you know, someone's trash is someone else's treasure. So, you know, we got to find a little bit of gold in the dumpster fire of 2020. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, we are, you know, back to, I think our first episode, like we talked about, you know, sifting through the dumpster fire. We didn't know like how real that would be <laughs> for this year and this podcast in general. I mean, we are truly sifting through the dumpster fire of 2020. So, <laughs> but there were some, some little, some little gold nuggets in there, um, here and there. So we're going to chat about that. So this is a little bit different format, uh, we're not going to do our normal categories. Uh, we are just going to do some special categories and then talk a little bit about, um, you know, the future and what we're looking forward to. So to start us off, um, if you know us and you've been listening to this podcast, you know, we love memes, of course. So our first category is going to be meme of the year. And this is a tough category for me personally, because I love memes and the, the meme cycle goes really quickly online. So it's hard to go back and remember like, oh, what were all the memes of 2020? Also because, you know, feels like a decade ago, like basically start of this year literally feels like 10 years ago. Do you want me to like blow your mind a little bit on memes? Yeah, absolutely. So like starting off like the beginning of the year, the top meme was like World War Three memes. That's literally how long this year has been. Like we've I know, it's like insane. Like we had the, yeah. the threat of World War III and that feels like that was truly like at this point, like 20 years ago. It's insane. Yeah, so crazy. So it was hard for me to pick on this one um, because there were so many good meme formats this year. I mean, the one good thing to come out of the horror of 2020 was like, the very morbid dark humor around 2020 like i mean the memes this year were truly like next level like we off the charts because everything was just so fucked so on that note there is one to me that stood out and it is the ghanian pallbearer meme oh they're so good they're so good it's the perfect like gallows humor for 2020 it worked on so many levels it kept rebirthing in relation to like different things in 2020 is just a gift that keeps on giving so if you haven't seen it and it's like original format it started with just a video it's not even a meme it's just like a little video clip and in Ghana they have these dancing pallbearers who do these just insane dances while they're carrying your casket I mean they get down like fully on the ground they dance around they do it all and it it's joyous, it's fun, it's like the coolest thing ever. I want it at my funeral someday. I, I love it so much. So that's how it started. But then it started getting put into other videos. So a good example is like a movie where someone, a movie scene where someone's going to die soon or, or you know, something bad is imminent. Like they'll splice into the video, the movie's going and then like 
when someone's about to die or something ominous happens, it like jumps to the Ghani and Paul Bears dancing. And there's just like crazy, like techno music playing in the background. And it's really, really hilarious. Um, it's hard to explain, but just go look them up. There's so many edits of this and they're so good. But then the memes took it to the next level because then people started like taking the the faces and heads of like the Ghani and Paul Bears from this video that went viral and putting them into like other meme formats where they're like looking in a window at someone who's like supposed like gonna die soon for whatever reason or like their career's dead or something and it's just so so funny so like we'll post plenty of examples on the Instagram but that is my meme of 2020 because it's been applicable to pretty much everything you should post my really dark one like this is probably like the darkest meme I've ever made but anyway like to back up a little bit there's a podcast called oh hello the podcast and it's from like Nick Kroll and John Mulaney and they were like investigating the quote unquote murder of Princess Diana. And so like, that's the whole point is it's a comedy, like she didn't get murdered, but it's like a whole joke. And so like, I did a like meme where I put the pallbearers like right outside of Diana's car. And so like Sarah and I laughed for like 20 minutes about it. It's really dark, it's really terrible, but like. It is darkest thing and like it's even darker because like I do love Diana I just finished watching season four of the crown where she's in it and you just you gotta love her everyone loves Diana I mentioned Diana my mom cries any middle-aged woman just like cries at like the mention of princess die so no disrespect to her we love her but like it was really funny so yeah um it's just so good. Like it, it's always applicable. The Ghani and Paul Bear is just showing up. So, and it just feels like the, a huge mood for 2020. So that's my meme of the year. What's yours? Mine is, uh, so whenever the uh, Watt music video came out, that like made a big splash, but like surprisingly, like Ben Shapiro's thoughts about the WAP music video seemed to make a bigger splash. Yes. And like, Truly, I've never seen a meme craze that like I laughed at like every single one more than the freaking Ben Shapiro thoughts on WAP and like dry vaginas. And it like it was the gift they kept on giving for like a solid like two weeks. I kept seeing those memes and they just always made my day. Like I never got tired of them. If someone sent me a meme right now about it, like I would be happy to see it. Like I think it's hilarious because there's always that like white dude who has opinions on women's bodies even though he doesn't understand women's bodies and it's just like the perfect embodiment of that yes that was so good i mean wap in general was a, a gift in this you know this hellscape of a year but like that meme format like all the different ben shapiro wap memes just I didn't see any bad ones. Like they were all good. Like there were so, so many, they were all beautiful and perfect. And yeah, it's just the perfect encapsulation of that shitty white dude, like just mansplaining things. It's perfect and beautiful. So yeah, truly so great. Wow. Um, so our next category is TV of the year. And I have a lot of TV shows to recommend, but I'm not going to get into that because I feel like we have talked about a lot of the ones that I've watched this year. I just want to talk about more, I think, the show of 2020 that truly encapsulated the insanity that is 2020, and that's Tiger King. Um, I feel like this was early on in the pandemic, 
it takes me back to simpler times when we thought this was only going to be like a month or two. And it came out around that time, just like it had perfect timing. Everyone was stuck at home. Everyone was looking for the show to watch. Tiger King dropped. It's the most insane show ever. And everyone had seen it. Like it was just truly like a cultural reset. I feel like in that everyone knew about Tiger King just because of how insane it was. And because it just hit at this kind of perfect storm of a moment when literally everyone was at home to watch it and couldn't do anything else. So that is my top TV of 2020. Not because it was like my personal favorite, but just because I feel like it was a great representation of the shit show that is 2020. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The only thing about Tiger King that like amazes me is like, I don't really know hardly anyone like in Tulsa who was that aware of him. Like before that's the weird the thing release. too. It was a yeah. weird moment for Oklahoma specifically also during this whole thing because everyone's like, oh my gosh, have you been there? And I'm like, no, I've never even heard of this guy. <laughs> like it, it's very strange. Yeah. It, weird on a number of levels, but yeah. Also weird because like logistically, like his like zoo was right by the Texas border. And they said in the documentary, like it mostly was like Texas people. So like in a way I'm gonna throw like shade at Texas because like y'all like really like kept this dude going. So like yeah, for not real. that Oklahoma isn't culpable, but like damn Texas, like you were like making us look even shittier, like as always. So fuck you, Texas. But classic like, my Texas. They thought. always do that yeah. to us. I know. Ugh, making us look bad. <laughs> So yeah, so that was my top TV of 2020. What was yours? So I kind of have like a couple, but it's going to be like broader. I thought like animation like truly killed it in 2020. And I have a couple examples I want to talk about. So you and I watched uh, BoJack Horseman, which mm -hmm. wrapped up this year. And it truly had like one of the best episodes of a TV show wherever like he's like going through death, basically. Like he yeah. like sees all the people like he basically like heard in life and everything. And it is like so well done. It's a very like depressing show, which like kind of fits well into like 2020 in general. Cause it's very like Hollywood, but not like the glitz of Hollywood, kind of like the more like depression and like kind of like anxiety and stuff like that. And just like mental health that goes wrong, like with being like famous or being in the spotlight and like, everything too so it's a really good show but i mean like especially for 2020 i felt like bojack really hit it out of the gate and then i've brought it up before but uh harley quinn the tv show like also is very funny very good show like for anyone who wants some escapism i feel like it's perfect it's not super long it's good so that as well and then kind of the one that relates to everything else that we talk about is this was the series finale of star wars the clone wars Mm, yeah yeah and that truly hit it out of the ballpark like some of the best like one of the best cartoon finales I've ever seen like Bojack had a good episode but I felt like the last last episode of Bojack was like just okay like not as good as the previous one whereas like Clone Wars like throughout the whole series you knew it was gonna like end up with a quarter 66 because that's where the movies are and like, you could kind of guess where the characters would end up based on like movies and like where they would show up other places. But damn, did they like truly give a good ending for that show that like really mixed everything together. So yeah, those are like my three things just saying how animation killed it in general. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, so BoJack, the whole series for me was a 2020 thing because that was 
purely a um a quarantine show for us me and andrew watched the entire series just binged it in like the course of maybe like a few weeks um watched all the seasons um but yeah it's it's really good it's such a good show it's so dark it's not what you expect it's i mean there's a lot of humor in it there's a lot of dark comedy but it's overall, I would say like a very serious show. It explores a lot of mental health issues. It explores, like you said, just the dark side of fame, which is really interesting and kind of like, they do it in a cartoonish way, but it, it's very real. Like a lot of the issues that the characters in that show deal with. So it was a very good quarantine show and it just felt particularly relevant watching it like in this year, I think, um, because it deals with a lot of um, themes of like isolation and anxiety. So that felt particularly relevant. Um, I didn't watch Harley Quinn, um, but the Clone Wars one, I feel like it's interesting because I also have not watched that. I've seen a few episodes here and there, but I have not watched it all the way through. But um, I feel like it kind of set the tone for like the future of Star Wars going forward, which is interesting. I kind of think that like the Clone Wars TV series like walked so that like N Mando and all this other stuff like could run, you know, the stuff that they've announced in the future that's coming. Like a lot of these things that are now these live action shows or going to be live action shows were things that are set up in the Clone Wars like TV series and like Star Wars Rebels and like these, um, these Star Wars TV shows that have been consistently good but not getting the hype have now set it up to like basically explode that side of things with these star wars tv series so it's kind of interesting that they kind of like uh laid the groundwork for that yeah and i think it comes from um i mean like, kathleen kennedy kind of led the way for the disney stuff but then like it seemed like the fans and just everyone like kind of put their trust behind like dave filoni who was the key guy behind the clone wars and so like then he became like a larger role on the Mandalorian and like the future projects like Ahsoka, the Bad Batch, like a couple series going forward at like Disney. So it seems like, yeah, you're right. Like Clone Wars definitely set the tone because now like he's having a bigger hand in things going forward. Yeah. And it's super exciting um, because I feel like those shows are, were always maybe a bit underrated. Um in terms of like, oh, they're for kids or whatever. But um, from what I've heard, they're very good. So I, I still plan to watch those at some yes. point. Seasons one through three are very much for children, like to the point where like, there's some really bad episodes, I'm not gonna lie. But then like, after, once you get to like season four, then you're just like getting into like PTSD and like all this other stuff where you're just like, oh, this is not for children anymore like, at all. Like people are getting beheaded. Like it's just, okay, we're just going straight into adults. Okay, I see you. <laughs> like damn <laughs> awesome all right um so our next category is trend of the year and my favorite one and one that's kind of been an overarching theme of 2020 is just really fugly clothing like <laughs> truly i think that when people got stuck at home we can't go out we can't socialize can't do anything everyone just decided fuck it i'm gonna be comfortable and all these trends blew up like crocs like sold out um, they had a huge resurgence this year. Amazing. <laughs> um, sweatsuits are like all the rage. Like every brand is coming out with like cozy, like comfy, just like lounge sets and stuff. Like it is truly just the, the year of being comfy and not caring what you look like. And I love that for us. I am so happy. 
<laughs> like it just, it's so great. There's so much less pressure. Um, even like when you get on work zooms and stuff, it's still just like, everyone's just like wearing sweatshirts and like no makeup and like no one cares. And it's amazing. <laughs> so that is my trend of the year, I think. And I hope it stays. No, I think that's a good one. Um, I think mine relates to yours and that like kind of just like overall like not giving a shit and that for me is um just like not really bathing a whole lot like <laughs> I don't know like <laughs> I love that for you <laughs> I don't know for me like I always took showers like religiously and then this year it's just like I don't know a lot of work from home and just like a lot of periods where I'm just like not really gonna see anyone so like what's the point and uh, it's been a lot nicer. Apparently it's uh, better for your skin. So that's good too. Um, but yeah, so that was my trend that I definitely took part in and saw a whole lot of stuff online that apparently a lot of people relate to that too. So I love that. not the only one doing that. Yeah, no, I relate to it deeply. It's better for your hair. It's better for your skin. Like, yeah, all good things. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, I mean, I really hope that this does stay just like, honestly, just this this slightly lowered level of like not giving a shit what other people think. I, I, I like it. I, I want it to stay. It's great. Um, but yeah. So our next category is movie of the year and mine is an ironic one, I guess you would say, because it's not a movie from this year and it's not a movie that I even liked but it has been our movie of the year because we've been talking about it all year. So the movie is Fargo. I watched it, finally. So Joe can Ooh. stop bugging me now. Um, I did watch it. I did not like it. So let's unpack this. <laughs> so what exactly did you not like about it? I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> I was like okay, I'm watching this. I didn't think it was funny, but I didn't think it was like a particularly interesting, like, I don't know, crime drama, I guess is what you would categorize it as, if not a comedy. And I didn't think either were very good. So I just didn't get it. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just, like, <laughs> I just watched it. I was very like underwhelmed. I'm like, this is fine, but I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah, I don't know. It's more of like a comedy of errors. And I think that's what the whole like plot of it is. And that it's like a really simple, like they're going to kidnap this lady, they're going to get some ransom, and then like, it's going to be done. And that's like a fairly simple way to go about it. But then just like one after another, like something goes wrong, and leads, which leads to something else going wrong. And that's kind of where like the part humor and crime go forward. Because like just the initial kidnapping is not like terribly morality like bad but then it leads to like murder and that leads to more murder and that's like where the crime stems from and then just like kind of the overall environment of Minnesota where you have like this uber polite culture where like everyone's almost like inherently good and like neighborly and nice to where like they actually have to deal with like bloody crime that's like the whole juxtaposition of that is like where the humor comes from I mean, like, I can't make you, like, like it, but I can, like, explain, like, my love for it, so. I mean, like, I get what you're saying, but I guess I just, like, didn't, I still just, it didn't resonate with me. Like, I understand why you're saying it's humorous, but I just, I just didn't find it funny. I was just like, okay. 
Are you a fan of The Big Lebowski? I've never seen it. Oh, okay. So you haven't really seen like any Coen Brother movie, have you? No. This is like your first one? Maybe. Name some Coen Brothers movies. I don't know. No Country for Old Men. No. If you haven't seen oh, that I've one, seen... if you haven't seen those two. I've... Isn't um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou a Coen Brothers one? Yes. I like that. I, I, that's a really good movie. Okay. Yeah, that that one's like a lot different because it's almost like musical. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit like more different style. So maybe like I just maybe I just don't like Coen Brothers because <laughs> I like their movie that's not like their other movies. <laughs> no, I mean that one has some stuff, but it's definitely like a little bit different. Because even Lebowski like has a little bit different stuff, but it's kind of like that same like pacing wise, and the humor is more like on the humor level of Fargo. Was I guess I was going to compare it to, okay. but. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because like Lebowski is a big, big movie, like nerd movie anymore, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen it. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't like Fargo, but it's still the movie of 2020. (laughs) What's yours? Mine is Palm Springs, which is funny because I literally just watched it like two days ago. But there's not like a whole lot of movies this year that like, I guess I've been like able to see and I even saw like Tenet and like Tenet's fine it's definitely not the movie of the year but it's good um Palm Springs though apparently it came out in January like made somewhat of a splash just because like Andy Samberg's performance was like talked about as being good but it's one of those movies that like it just seemed to resonate more and more I heard more people talk about it as the year went on people saying like oh yeah this is like 2020 for me and like it's very good it's very funny and like kind of the whole like theme of like kind of living out like in the same like environment and same like time like over and over again like really like just like really relates to this year so I definitely give it a recommend to watch just because it's very funny uh Andy Samberg I know some people like don't like him this is a definitely an interesting role for him because he plays it he's much more jaded about like life in general he doesn't really have like that like momentum of like high energy that he usually has so it's a neat performance in that end and then Kristen Malati I think is how you say her name she was like the mother in How I Met Your Mother she's mm-hmm. like the secondary person she's really good she also falls into like thirst corner for me but yeah she has a good performance and yeah definitely check it out on Hulu if you have Hulu Nice, nice. Okay, yeah, I need to watch that one because I've, I've heard good things about it and I love Andy Samberg. So awesome. All right. Well, that is our best of 2020. So we will take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about um, some things for the future. So we'll be right back. <laughs> we are back and we said this would be a special format episode but we cannot do an episode without our thirst corner since that is now a permanent feature of our podcast so we are going to get into our top thirsts of 2020 so this is another um you know best of the best category Mine for this is kind of twofold, but the same concept. Uh, so my top thirst for 2020, and I think most people would agree with me, um, The Mandalorian. So the show, but specifically Mando himself, um, as well as Baby Yoda. 
uh, technical name Grogu. So um, I think this is the top thirst of 2020 for um, a, a wide swath of the population because everyone loves Baby Yoda so damn much. Now, technically we did first meet these characters in 2019. However, the thirst just amplified and exploded in 2020. And I feel like it has not gone away because then we just got right into the hype of season two, which was in 2020 recently. And it's just, it's everywhere. Baby Yoda is a cultural phenomenon. Young, old, everyone in between just loves him. So he's a thirst for sure because he's so damn cute. Um, And then Mando himself being the other thirst. He is so badass and cool. And then also... He's played by Pedro Pascal, who we all know and love. He's so sexy. And whenever he takes off his helmet, it is like the world explodes. It's just, mm, it's fantastic. So those I think are my top thirsts for 2020. Um, And just like a good representation of, um, you know, a wider scale of what everyone was thirsty for this year. Thoughts on that? No, I mean, I, th- I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, it's really weird how, like, I guess because, like, the toys got delayed. So even, like, beginning of this year is, like, when the first, like, baby Yoda toys, like, started really, like, coming out. So Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. It's interesting because, like, yeah, like, it's been kind of, like, all through this year, too, even though, like, episodes, like, just started coming out towards the end. But Yeah, it's just been, like, an ongoing thing ever since the the toys and merch and stuff started getting made because of the whole secrecy around season one. There was a big delay, you know, um, because they didn't want the secret to get out. So it really didn't start, I think, until 2020, I feel like. So that, for me, I think has just been the thirst that keeps on giving. Um, And also, like, I just... I love Pedro Pascal. I just have to say, again, he's great. He was in Game of Thrones. Um... And everyone loved him. He was like a a beloved character on that show, even though he wasn't really in that much of the show. He was kind of a secondary character. He wasn't like a major character, I would say. But um, he had a a short but um, very much loved role. So I'm glad that he is uh, now in this starring role and is just widely known because I think he's a great actor. So very exciting all around. Yeah, he wasn't in Game of Thrones a whole lot, but what's interesting is, like, both of the character he played, like, in the show and in the books, like, it's, like, weirdly, like, the most memorable, or one of the most memorable deaths on the show. Oh, absolutely. On a show with so much death. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's hard to stand out, but, like, his character, like, on that is just, like, it's really, really, like, both tragic and, like, it really, like, got you excited. So, yeah, that's, like, his first, like, big, like, splash as an actor. But, yeah, since then, he's, like, he's just, like, exploded on the scene, so... Good for him. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see where his career goes as well now beyond Mando. So mine also kind of hit the tail end of 2019, but I feel like it's really like the embodiment of 2020. So my thirst for the year is um, the cat version of Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes, it's perfect. <laughs> it's the like oh nightmare God. fuel that like, somehow sticks with you and like confuses your sexuality and like makes you like want to go to therapy but like feel like your therapist would laugh at you so yeah like it's very 2020 so well that is great too because it it ties in with taylor having a like a huge year in 2020 like dropping two surprise albums and having like huge critical success i mean it's just really funny that like we kind of started 2020 with like her being a 
a freaking CGI cat. And then it, it, it was like, you know, um, I guess a, what is it when it's like, um, a harbinger Rebound is that there. no i was saying i'm trying to say like a um it kind of uh tipped us off that like maybe taylor was gonna have an interesting year and then she's just exceeded our wildest expectations so um that that is an excellent one very representative of 2020 love it Oh my goodness. Uh, well, getting, I guess, a little more serious, uh, we're going to go into what we were grateful for this year. Um, obviously, there's a lot to be grateful for, um, you know, on a serious side, like, of course, we're grateful for, um, you know, like, if healthcare workers, frontline workers, the doctors, the scientists who made this vaccine in record time, like, you know, all of that we're of course grateful for. Um, I specifically have two that I'm grateful for that one is silly, one is more serious, um, but these are like specific to me for 2020. So my silly one is, but it's not as silly as I guess I'm saying it is. I'm obsessed with these celebrity cosmetic procedure <laughs> Instagram accounts. So let me back up a little bit. I am in this group on Facebook that I don't even know how to say it. I'll link it when we post on Instagram, but um, there's this Instagram account and then there's a Facebook group that discusses the Instagram account, but it's basically just like celebrity gossip, but it's from a fun angle. It's like firsthand people write into this account and then this account blocks out names and identifying info and then posts these like screenshots of conversations with people. So it's like firsthand accounts um, of people like talking to celebrities or seeing their friend hook up with a celebrity and like stuff like that. So it's a little more than just like tabloid. It's like more intense and personal. And it's really interesting. And I'm not normally that into like celebrity culture or gossip or anything, but I find these really interesting because it's like these little like, um, kind of like blips of like real life of these famous people so it's very interesting um but then there's a facebook group that's just like a discussion group and from this discussion group people have linked these different instagram accounts that just show before and after pictures of celebrities who have gotten work done and this is like talking like all kinds of work so this is everything from like traditional plastic surgery fillers, injections, um, everything else, hair plugs, things I didn't even know that you could get done. Just like all these different procedures that celebrities get done to stay looking good or to look better. And I am obsessed with these. There's several Instagram accounts. Once again, I'll tag them when we um, this show goes up. But you can follow them and it just shows before and after pictures and the pictures are just so insane. They're just things that you never would have thought about or noticed. And then you're like, oh my God, this picture of the celebrity from three years ago does look totally different than they look now, even though they're technically getting older. Um, and it's fascinating. And I'm grateful for this. Here's the serious part. I'm grateful for these because it shows that, you know, with enough money and resources, like anyone can look good. And these celebrities are not just naturally beautiful, perfect people who never age. They are doing so much work to look that way. And it makes me personally feel a lot better just about 
life in general. Again, I'm not someone who really is obsessed with like celebrity culture or like looking like a Kardashian or like whatever it is. Like, I don't really care. I'm pretty confident. But at the same time, like when you're bombarded with these images all day, like we all are, whether you want to or not, it does kind of get you down. And you're just like, these people are so beautiful and perfect. Like I would never look like that. It's like, oh no, I could if I spent a ton of money on um, cosmetic procedures, that's all it is, you know? So I'm grateful for that because it's just a dose of realness and it is very refreshing to see the truth behind it. So that is my one thing that I am very grateful for this year, as silly as it is. And then my one that I am more grateful for on a serious side is I had a lot of mental health problems going into 2020. I was in a very bad place. Um, I was having a lot of anxiety. I was having panic attacks. I was in a very dark place and I was able to get a hold of my mental health, get a lot of help, get on meds, do a lot of things. We've talked about this before on the pod, but I'm really grateful that I had the the money, the resources, the support to get my mental health in check and get healthy and make changes in my life that supported my mental health and that I've been able to stick with a lot of those changes and just feel so much better and feel like myself again and have a good foundation right before the pandemic started basically. So going into the pandemic, I was actually like, I am feeling good. Like my life is back on track. Like my mental health is great. And then the pandemic happened. And I'm glad because I think if I had gone into the pandemic in not as good of a place mentally, that this would have been really, really hard for me and everything would have hit me way harder and been so much worse and so much harder to deal with. So I am personally grateful that I was able to do that this year and able to stay on that track of being mentally healthy, even when things were really hard this year. So that's what I'm grateful for. That's cool. Yeah, I was just looking through that Instagram account because I didn't really got on that much. But yeah, the weird one to me that was pointed out was uh, how some like Photoshop and stuff like that like was reducing like women's arms. Yeah, there's it's- all kinds of crazy stuff. And then there's, yeah, so I didn't even mention like Photoshop accounts, but those are wild too. So I I know that everything's Photoshopped, but when you look at the actual before and after images like you look at a real life photo of someone that's like a paparazzi photo or something that like is an actual image that has not been retouched versus like their personal instagram where they post a picture of themselves insane the differences are so insane um so photoshop is one thing but then even the real life ones the before and after of the getting the work done and everything are just they're so crazy to me my my favorite one that i saw and this is just a great example that you guys will all have to go look up is Ashton Kutcher's jawline. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most bizarre one I've seen. Um, He apparently got jaw implants. I did not know that was a thing you could get, but you can literally get jaw implants that make your, your jawline like more angular and more cut and like more like, I guess, square. Um, well, he looks like a freaking box. Like his face is literally square with the before and after. It is hilarious. Um, go look it up. You'll be blown away. But that's the kind of stuff that you don't even think about. You're just like, wait, that's a procedure you can get done? I don't think any normal people are going out and getting jaw implants, but here we are. So it's just 
it's so crazy to me. Like, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. That is really weird. It's really weird. It's like so uh-huh. unnatural. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess mine's kind of like two parts too. Kind of like what you were on like mental health. Just like I think like personal growth in general is a big one for me. Cause I just feel like I, I don't know, I grew up this year having more time to yourself, kind of like for more like introspection and then just like growing with my own job and growing like as a person, like really like meeting people and like I dated, but like maybe I didn't like meet like the girl I'm going to marry or whatever, like this year, but at the same time, like, I don't know, I've had a lot of good like experiences, both like on dates, like sexual, whatever you want to count. Like it was a good year for me in general, just like through growth. And, uh, then the second one is fun because I'm going to say it's this podcast. Like it was really fun this year Yay! doing that. It was like half the year, but you know, like still like it was fun having something to look forward to. And like, even besides just like me and Sarah, like talking about with like other people and stuff, it's been like something fun to like keep yourself busy. And yeah, it's been nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Like the this has been like one of the best things to come out of this year, I think in my life, like, because I don't know if, if all the craziness of 2020 hadn't happened, I don't know if we ever would have like made this happen, honestly, is the thing. Like, cause we kind of talked about it and laughed about it and we had been talking about it, but then like, I think being quarantined and not being able to do anything else, like really gave us the push of like, well, like we're not doing anything else. Like why not start a podcast? So we did it because we were here. So, I mean, that's, that's so true. Like I, this is a great thing to have come out of this year and it's been so fun and yeah it gives me something to like do on the weekends and um like you know we'd be talking anyway but we get to have these talks about different things and share them with other people and it's been super fun just like hear everyone's feedback from our friends listening and everything and um I'm glad we get to like share that with people so yeah it's been good it's a good one Awesome. Well, our last category, um, I really have not given this much thought yet, but um, our last category is New Year's resolutions. So going into 2021, leaving 2020 behind us, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Are you a New Year's resolution person? Like what, what's your relationship with uh, New Year's resolutions first? <laughs> I'm really good at like New Year's resolutions, honestly. I know that's a weird thing for most people because it's just like, eh, I'm gonna like it's a weird give up beer. <laughs> and yeah, like you're gonna give up beer, then like by February it's like, ah, I've been like drinking again or whatnot. So <laughs> I feel like that's most people, but for like me, weirdly, like I'm really like good at it. Uh, like one year it was just like read a book a month, and then like by the end of the year I read like 42 books. Oh my god. One year. Yeah, like I don't know, like I could like really overachieve at these. So for me, I think this year, um, I don't really have like a specific like targeted goal that I really like want to hit. So for me, like a lot of it's going to be like, I just like want to maintain because like what you're saying, like being on a good road of mental health, like I feel like I've figured that out this year and like have a good like workout routine and like have like branched out with like friends and work and stuff like that. So for me, like I don't have a big apex thing I want to hit it's just like I just hope by the end of 2021 I can like maintain where I am right now awesome that's a good one I like that and I'm very proud of you for getting your mental health in line recently because that's been a journey and I'm I'm very happy that you're feeling better so that's great um 
I think I don't really do New Year's resolutions just because I feel like they're a lot of times they're always really cliche and it's like, I'm going to lose this much weight. I'm going to work out three times a week. Like it's always the same stuff, you know? And it's like, it's kind of like having worked in retail, it, it to me is just very like, um, I don't know, like corporate and kind of like the whole, um, you know, capitalist industrial complex talking to people about new year's resolutions and it doesn't really feel sincere it's just like the whole like oh we're gonna push workout equipment in january because that's what people do for new year's resolutions and i just think it's a little cheesy and like cliche but i think my new year's resolution is not really a resolution but it's more like to borrow a term from um our friends at the sticky thoughts i'm going to stick with something for 2021 that i started this year and that is just like i think like listening to me and my body and like what I need and I think it ties into kind of getting my mental health on track and this a lot of changes I made based on that but I figured out a lot of things that I do want to stick with and keep doing like for example I just I stopped eating like things that make me feel bad which is like seems silly but like <laughs> if things make you feel shitty like don't eat them and that's something that I finally figured out like I should start listening to my body like dairy does not agree with me like the end and like I have started like cutting back on like certain dairy things that make me feel really bad and making sure if I do eat some dairy like I take lactate with it and just like stupid things that like should be very self-explanatory and simple like duh Sarah don't do that you feel crappy afterwards and it sends you into an anxiety spiral but like just listening to my body and learning that like hey you should you should stop doing that. Um, I also cut out caffeine because it made me really jittery and made my anxiety worse, I realized. And I have stuck with that this whole year now and going to continue doing that because I just don't think I need it. Um, so I guess just like listening to my body and, you know, doing like what I need to do to like feel healthy. That is interesting too, just because a lot of like dates I've been on this year has been like with like girls who like don't drink or don't do dairy. So it's really been interesting too to see like, that's not even like just like a you thing. Like it seems to like be broadening to other, other people like who are like more like in control over that. Yeah, I, I think it's good. I think people maybe are realizing that like you don't have to like go out and drink a ton socially just because that's like what people expect you to do. And like, you also don't have to eat eat anything to make other people comfortable which is a weird thing that you shouldn't have to say but I feel like that there's this weird pressure in our society that like if someone's like offering you food or like wants you to eat or something like you like can't say no I, it's a very strange concept to me because I'm pretty good at saying no but um yeah I just do what's best for you and I, I think that everyone should do that all right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Anything you want to add on as we close out 2020? No, I guess just like thanking people once again for like listening and just like reiterating. We don't say it like every show, but if you uh, want to interact with us or come on the show or anything like that, just like reach out to us because like we said, we're having fun doing it. I understand sometimes you just like want someone to listen to, but if you really like have the desire to like get involved and like have some stories you want to bring on or something like that like reach out to us like it's been fun for us and like having other people involved like changes things up and uh we don't do it every single episode but it's nice to do it whenever we can yeah we love having guests so if you want to be a guest please let us know if you aren't comfortable being a guest but you want to share stories uh, you know anonymously or otherwise like send them in let us know we are 
we are happy to uh, adapt to whatever level you are comfortable with. Basically, we want to include you. So um, let us know and we can work something out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And just like, uh, thanks for listening. And I guess like it's the last of 2020, but for one last time, peace and blessings, y'all. Peace and blessings. Thank you all. We love you. Love you. See ya.